Wednesday, November 15th. Welcome on back to the Damon Bruce Show. Yesterday, we hit you with a late guest. Today, I'm going to hit you with an early one. Oh my gosh, he's wearing headphones. What does that mean? That means we're saying hello to an old pal of mine. I've known this guy for 20 years, going back to our days in radio. Cyrus Satsis is now your host of the Locked On Warriors podcast, your one-stop shopping for daily Warriors conversation. And Cyrus, it's way too hard for us to book each other on each other's shows. It, wh Who the hell do we think we are? We should be easier to book. You, you don't want to know why? It's because in the modern media era, we can't just focus on our shows as our primary uh, jobs. We have like five different things going on, man. Great to see you, brother. It is so good to see you. And uh, we did talk about you coming on last week. And I thought, hey, we would have like an in-season tournament game to talk about. We have sort of a Warriors State of the Union and another Draymond episode to talk about. So your appearance is well-timed. Looking good, brother. Great to have you here. And look, Steph Curry out, knee pain, MRI, okay, that's the good news. Brandon Pajemski, I guess, is the good news from last night, too, and we'll get into all that. But we have to start with the fact that this team found itself without Klay Thompson and Draymond Green before there was even a score Three players were ejected. The first game in the last 25 seasons in which multiple players were ejected before either team scored, according to ES, ESPN stats and information. And look, Cyrus, I'm all about protecting teammates. I'm all about being there for your boy and having your guys back. But if you're Draymond Green, you need to start operating as if the rule book that everyone else has doesn't apply to you. And Draymond, God bless him, He's never even thought that thought once in his life. Nope. He is the most easy-to-eject player in the history of sports, and he hands the other team a blueprint on how they should go about doing it. Correct. Yeah. Is there a question there? I'm sorry, man. No, I just I, I thought you would be, like, ready to go just talking well, about I'm what you saw you're, you're, last night. It was insane. You have such uh, a you're you're going on such a uh, eloquent intro there. I'm just I was like captivated, man. I, oh. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that. I'm like I was following along. No, I, no, I, so, I sorry. I, I knew that was the first time in uh, in NBA history two players rejected. That was a new stat to me. I'm look look this thing. First of all, we're recording this at 11 a.m. By most human being standards, that's normal. That's 11. By my standards, that's like seven in the morning. So I apologize. I'm getting going here. Sorry, I'm good morning, right now, and I'm honestly still trying to absorb. Like, what happened last night? That feels very fresh to me. I, I, I don't think I've fully processed that yet. But, look, here's what I saw, man. I, I feel like it, I, when it comes to the Warriors landscape, I'm the guy who always comes in with these opinions that are, like, a, a, like a weeks ahead of everyone else, uh, everyone else's talking points. And so I apologize if, like, I bring up an idea that kind of raises eyebrows or whatever. But, look, I, what I saw last night, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sorry if this seems controversial or, you know, you know, out of left field. I saw a team that actually looks better without Klay Thompson. And I also saw a team that uh, should be playing Andrew Wiggins much less. Like, I, the Warriors, despite not having their core, could have won that game. Should have won that game, right? I mean, the, the Timberwolves, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, were at full strength. And yeah. the Warriors were missing their three arguably best players. And they came literally within seconds. I mean, they, they, Chris Paul makes that 75-footer. I mean, that's unrealistic. But that's how close it was to tying the game at the end. And if Andrew Wiggins isn't shooting 15% from three on the year, and despite being a 15% three-point shooter, he put up seven three-point shots last night, only made one of them. 
if that changes, if just a few tweaks here and there are made with, with minutes, right? Warriors win that game. So I think that's where the encouraging thing comes from. But I do think, like, I don't know what the sample size is before people start kind of looking at this big picture and going, there's something really wrong here. I mean, the Warriors are a 500 team, 12 games in, and there are a lot of issues with this team. People bring up size, but they do have some bigs on this player, your boy included, who only played 11 minutes last night. What gives there? I mean, I, I don't understand that part of it. So I, I, I feel like Steve Kerr's in this really tough position where he's got his boys that he's built this whole dynasty with. and But as a head coach, and, and, and you tell me, man, I don't think Greg Popovich or Phil Jackson hesitate the way Steve Kerr is hesitating with making these hard decisions. But, dude, Clay Thompson's not the same player. Andrew Wiggins, whatever is going on with him, that either needs to be corrected or you need to bench his ass until he fixes that because this is a 500 team that sh- I don't think should be 500. Trace Jackson Davis is ready to play now. I know some people are divisive about Jonathan Kaminga, but 15 minutes, you know, for a player that's one of your leaders in, in plus minus for, for your second leading free throw attempt player, I don't know if that's justifiable. Moses Moody, who even though plus minus won't show he had a great game, every other measurable last night shows he was phenomenal, and he played, what, 13, 14 minutes? So there's something very wrong here, and, and I feel like Steve Kerr just has some really tough decisions to make, but I don't know if the Warriors are – as good with Clay Thompson, with Andrew Wiggins, as they are if they're playing some of these younger players. Gary Payne the seconds another one. 14 minutes or whatever he played. So I, that's what I see from last night's game. And I know this is controversial. I get it because a lot of people love Clay Thompson. I mean, he is beloved in the Bay Area. And every time I criticize him, I feel the hate. I get it. But I can't just hide and pretend that what we're seeing isn't really happening here, man. Something's wrong with Clay, whether it's age or whatever. Like, like, Clay doesn't act like that last night either. I mean, people are, are glossing over the fact that he's got some anger issues, man. Like, and this is entirely because of his struggles. There are reports behind the scenes that he is not his normal self. He's yelling at people. Like, he's, you know, he's not approachable. So, yeah, the Warriors, there's there's a lot of tough issues for Kerr to deal with, man. That's what I saw last night. Sorry to go off on and win it there. You and I have argued about Steve Kerr, about his choices, about players, about respecting his veterans, about losing locker rooms. You know, <clears throat> rallying the locker room. You and I have had a little back and forth on some things. Nothing you just said is controversial, Cyrus. Thank you, sir. Wow, it's thanks. not. Nothing you just said is controversial. Again, you can you can keep on waiting to reach some conclusions, and I know why Steve is more patient than most. These guys have earned that. Yep. Clay Thompson is is in his last year with the Golden State Warriors, and if he's not, they're making a horrific decision going forward. I'm not saying Clay is washed, but I am saying that Clay cannot summon it on a night-to-night basis. I guarantee you, he's got 15 really great games in him this year. The others are going to be a struggle, and it's just, you can see it. There's something off, and then, <laughs> we'll get. I guess we'll get to Dre and his ejection in just a minute. Because That's all yeah. <laughs> You you've just you put an awful lot on the table, and I want to talk about all of it. No, 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 no. This is exactly why you're here. This is why you're here. Are you ready to go for four solid hours? I mean, we got a lot to talk about. Right. So here's the deal. To me, the single scariest thing about the Warriors, as I currently see them, is that they were built with assumptions everywhere, and mm-hmm. the first assumption is Curry's got to be about at 30 points a night for them to be in games. And yes. Curry can meet that standard because he's so good. It's often an ask, it's asking an awful lot this late in his career, but he can meet that assumption. So we assume 
Curry at all times is going to have a great game, and that's part of the path to victory. While someone else, doesn't matter who it is, someone else, please come along for the ride in the scoring column, that assumption has not been met. It hasn't. Dario Saric and Pods, uh, Pajemski last night, the only other two Warriors to eclipse a 20-point total in any game this year. Kaminga and Moody need to flourish in mm. year three. This is an assumption that I actually think is starting to come true. Like, I really like Kaminga and Moody and what I've seen out of them in their all-court game. Of course, nothing is perfect, but I love the polish that they put on their entire all-court game. And then here's the biggest assumption and the scariest thing in the fucking world right here. I love you can swear. Okay. With all of that, with all of that assumption needing to happen, then if all of that is going right, the entire year still hinges on who's Andrew Wiggins. Oh, The yeah. entire year goes as far as Wiggins takes it, and that guy, you are right should be benched. He should be like Steve Kerr needs to tough love this guy and say, if you shoot one more three before you either get to the free throw line or dunk on somebody so hard their mother feels it, you're coming out of the game. Yep. And don't tell me, well, coach, I had a wide open three. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your three is. I don't care if it's well contested or wide open. You're trash shooting either shot right now. Stop shooting the shot. Stop shooting that shot. Get to the free throw line. Use your athleticism. You're 28 years old yep. and entering the prime of your NBA life. And this is what you're showing. The Warriors wanting to be a playoff team with that guy. With that guy playing the important role that he needs to play. Andrew Wiggins is the most tapped out Canadian, not trying. Look at him the way he walks around court, Cyrus, when the ball is not in play. He's like this, like hang the hang head down, yep. Hands on his hips, yep. talking to nobody, looking up in the stands, looking down at the tips of his sneakers, yep. just not even present. And I don't get it. And I, I just, I do not get it. Wiggins in a game where they needed him. Like, there's no Curry, there's no Clay, there's no Draymond. Andrew, it's on you. And that pussy is deferring to a rookie from Santa Clara. I love that you can swear in your show, dude. It adds so much. I, I mean, it's but it's the truth. How, you're how does Andrew Wiggins right. not have... I mean, like, here's everything you would need, Andrew, to wake you up. It's, it's, are you computing what is going on here? You see the equation in front of you? Well, damn it, you know, I've asked... So, care. so I've been picking the brains of, like, former players, you know, the, 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 the quote-unquote experts, right? And I usually I refer to, like, former players when I say that just because when it comes to a basketball discussion, that's when I feel like you can go to someone... Uh, in that regard and really, you know, learn something. Right. So, and Rick Barry's an example who I know politically, look, you know, he, he riles people up, but when it comes to basketball, I, I absorb every second of what he says. He's a, a and, encyclopedia of basketball. Now. Oh yeah. And so he was on the show last week on locked on warriors, shameless plug. And, uh, and so I asked him what the hell is going on. And he, and this is like, first of all, he said, based on what he sees, he sees the shot misfiring left, right. Like all over the place. So to him, it's not like an issue with Clay, where with Clay it could just be simple as simple as something as simple as his legs are just not under him anymore, right? A lot of those shots are short, um, and it's also like a mental thing because you can see him forcing things. Like you can see the frustration; it's it's transparent. 
Uh, with Wiggins, I mean, like you said, he's in his prime. He's not even 29 yet. He doesn't turn 29 until next year. And it, it, I've never seen another player with this level of a precipitous fall at this stage of his career. I was trying to, like, I brought it up with the, the Locked On Warriors chat. I'm like, Cause, can someone bring up anyone else that's ever, like, dropped like this in their prime, man? And no one could come up with anything. Rick thinks, and this is where his opinion, I think, is very valid. Like, Rick thinks... It's a mechanical thing because of the fact that the shot keeps going left, right, and all over the place. He thinks it's an issue that where he needs to go back to the gym and work with a shooting expert and why it got to that point. Who knows, man? Like, who knows? Like, you know, we know like last year his dad was sick, but now his dad's fine. My dad just had a heart attack recently. It didn't force me to leave work for three months. Like I, my bosses gave me like two weeks of, 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 you know, like, like, Take two weeks. Don't take three months. You're fired if you do three months. Like, so the three-month thing was crazy. If, if, if your dad is sick, three hit three months to get over that. So if that's still what's lingering, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand what, what's yeah. going on there. The point is, I have no idea. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Uh, you know, people brought up Vin Baker and Anthony Davis. I'm like, yeah, but those are bigs who, like, had injury issues, who Vin Baker was, a, was, was drinking and gained weight. I, I don't know anyone else who's ever dealt with something like this. So the Wiggins factor, I agree with you, man. Like, at a minimum – Stop taking those damn threes while you figure out what's going on with your shot. He's not like on the defensive side. He's not a negative there. Like, and, and you saw last night's game. He was fighting for those, for those, for the rebounds. Did a decent job, but you know what? He didn't close out on Conley on the three. that was the dagger. So like, I'm not defending him. I can't defend him. I'm just, I'm just trying to find the positives here because like, realistically, we're not going to just see him vanish. Right. I, I, I don't know what Kerr's window is in terms of tolerance for him, but I don't think there's a chance in hell he's just going to be banished to the bench, which I, maybe he deserves. So it's fascinating, man. It is a fascinating case study because I don't see any other player in the history of this game dropping like this. And the why of it is one of the biggest mysteries. What I fear and what I pray isn't the case is that this is a guy who got maybe unnecessarily and undeservedly another big contract. And until year four of that deal comes up, Maybe he's coasting, you know, he got his ring, you know, like maybe he's just, he doesn't give a shit, you know, I can swear. I love this. Uh, he doesn't give a fuck, man. Like maybe he doesn't care. And if that's the case, that sucks, dude. Like that is worst case scenario. But the Wiggins thing is, and I'm, I agree with you, man, like pull him, like get like lower his minutes. If he, if this is what we're going to get. They already, I mean, here's the thing they already have, right? I mean, they already have, he's playing a, He's got career lows in every single career mm -hmm. category that is mm -hmm. important, including minutes played. And so they've done that, which means there's really nothing left for Steve Kerr to do than sit you down in a level of, oh, that's embarrassing. And I honestly think he might be so mentally soft that he couldn't handle that embarrassment. Like, I think Steve Kerr has to walk this incredibly tightrope around a guy who has just proven he's soft. I mean, yeah. he really, he's just, he's soft, he's soft in the middle, and, you know, everyone goes back to the NBA Finals, and he was great during the NBA oh. Finals. Oh. Cyrus, here's my question. Do you think he picked that week to be great, or just the basketball gods gave him a week? Like, I don't think he picked that week. I just think that week kind of picked him, because when you have so much talent and so much ability eventually you're going to have a good seven-game run. And maybe that's all that happened. Maybe well, Andrew Wiggins wasn't responsible for how well or locked in he was. He just got 
fucking lucky. And if that's where the Warriors are, they shouldn't have re-signed him. And they've got a guy who will bring them nowhere. Again, this season goes wherever Andrew Wiggins is going to take it once everything else goes right. Not everything else is going right, and Andrew Wiggins is no leader at all. Leadership, you're right, man. I mean, look, even going back to the to the to the vaccine thing. I mean, if, if you want to bring up leadership, that was going to be an issue. But unfortunately, he he you know he 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 you know didn't disrupt the team in that regard. But look, I mean, Wiggins did have a good year or two. I mean, the year they won the title, I think he was an All Star that year, right? So he had a, he 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 did he did have a good year and a half. And then the next year, last year, people also keep bringing up the starting five having the highest net rating in the entire NBA, which is true. Um, but that also the sample size there is not as big as you would you should it should have been right to to cling on to that argument. I mean that starting five played until December. We never saw them together again. So it is true that the starting five had the best net rating, but that was until December of a year ago. And then Wiggins dropped off. Whatever happened in December of last year, he hasn't been the same player since. Um, I, I, you know, he had injuries. People could bring up the fact that maybe like it was that rib shot that LeBron gave him and, you know, he's got cartilage issue there. If that's the case, he should not be playing. I mean, if it's an injury thing, he needs to heal because he's hurting the team. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to like say that he's never been good uh, because he, he did have the all-star year, uh, you know, the first half of last year. Well, that's where good. the frustration comes from because we've seen it. Yeah. We've yeah. seen it. And now it's like he's refusing to show it to anyone again. Yeah. And what's so disappointing is last night was one of those X marks the spot of if ever there were a night where we needed you to do something other than suck this season, Andrew, it's tonight. And he is deferring to Brandon Pajemski. Brandon Pajemski has got some dog in him, man. And I don't know Love if it's just the, the 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 fact that he's got the Band-Aid on, which makes him look even tougher than he might be, but that guy's got some squabble about him that Andrew Wiggins has never brought to the table but for maybe a week of the NBA Finals. And that's I the honest-to-God's truth. Wholeheartedly agree with you. I do. Brandon Pajemski, and, and, you know, I'm not saying he's exact. Like, I bring up Russell Westbrook, which seems weird, but... Russell Westbrook and him are very similar when it comes to high energy point guards who can rebound the ball. Right. And that's been, I've been advocating for him since the preseason. The moment I, I think, and tell me if you disagree, but the moment I saw him in the preseason, it was like, Oh my God, this kid can play. He wants to play. He's hungry. And he's got a really athletic lower half of the body. Like his legs are, are strong, man. And that's where his hops come from. That's where a lot of the muscle to get positioning inside for those rebounds come from. The high basketball IQ is there because he knows where to be at the right time. He's got, I mean, people say that, you know, the old adage, a feel for the game, but he has it. I love the kid. Play him now. I also feel almost as strong, though, about Trace Jackson Davis. Like, he is ready, man. Like, I don't understand why he's getting 11 minutes. I don't understand why. Especially last night with, with a big team on the court. Like, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. How is he an afterthought there? I don't get it. I don't get it either, man. So, th so again, this is where I think Kerr is just in a really tough spot because he loves his veterans. He knows what he won with. But, I mean, we're in this. We're in 2023, almost 2024. The team you fell in love with and won with, Coach, it's not there anymore. And, and these adjustments have to be made. But... I agree with you. Brandon Pajemski is a gem. It is crazy that he has the second highest point total on the entire team this year uh, with last night's performance. I do. I love the kid. I can't rave enough about him. Um, but, you know, I also think 
like again, he got he played 39 minutes last night, right? And you could say that maybe he he deserved it, he earned it. But what I, I'm I what I'd love to see, like I'm a troubleshooter, Damon. Like to me, that's how you find answers and that's how you solve problems. And troubleshooting is trying something to see if it works. And I'd like to see these longer minute runs for Moody, for Kaminga. You know, Gary Payne the second, when you look at all the plus minus numbers, especially with five man units, right? Like I don't know if you agree with this or not, but when you Plus minus is objective when you're looking at it from a five individual unit, right? Because that's that's your team. So so if so that's where we look at the, the last year's starter numbers, right? The, the Warriors starters last year were the best of the NBA. Not this year, by the way. They're in the negative now. Um, but Gary Payne the second is in so many of those five man units when you look at the most effective, efficient lineups. Kaminga is in so many of those. You're right. His, for anyone who criticizes his shooting, valid. But he's also second on the team in free throw attempts. He's at least attacking the rim and getting there. He's third on the team in points. Right. I, I know what. Look, I know what effort looks like. That's effort. Yeah, he's giving that's, it this year. That's trying. That's he's trying. Giving it this year. Well, whatever yeah. criticism you had for him last year as, as a 19, 20 year old, he's giving it this year. So I, I just would like to see what these guys can give you because you said like this team will ride and die with Wiggins, right? And this is where you and I may disagree, and that's fine. I think this Warriors team could. Go the distance. I know this is hyperbolic potentially, but I believe it. I think this team can still go the distance. And this is how much I value and treasure Stephen Curry. Because we can have this other discussion as well. Like there are teams, quite a few of them in the history of the NBA, who have won the championship with just one legitimate score, right? You need great defense. You need a phenomenal supporting cast, but it can be done. And Steph is that good, right? I keep saying if Steph gets a fifth championship. He's on the Mount Rushmore of all-time greats. He's up there. I do feel he will deserve that. Not with four. You need that fifth. But but Steph is that good where if you surround him with a phenomenal supporting cast, I think he can carry this team. And I want to see Kaminga and Moody, GP2, uh, more minutes for Sharich. I think there is enough talent on this bench where even if Wiggins is banished for 10, 15 minutes a night, I think you got a winning team here, man. Minnesota right now, and everyone's power rankings is a top-five team. Number one defense in the NBA. This Warriors team almost beat them without their entire core. I have faith in this in this unit, and I just wish we saw what what, what could be if Kaminga, Moody, GP two, and, and you know Trace Jackson Davis. Give them twenty minutes. Why not? Did you, did you ever think we would go twenty three minutes into our first conversation of the basketball season, and neither one of us has said Chris Paul's name? Like that's amazing, that's right there. That guy's wearing beige and blending in pretty well. His shot starts falling. <laughs> It, it, you know, it, it needs to happen, but I do. I, I like Chris Paul. I used to love hating Chris Paul. Now I like rooting for Chris mm-hmm. Paul. I love sexy point guard play, and he's got a lot of that. Um, yep. Look, we, we, we got a, a chat room that is buzzing. Everyone yeah. is excited to see you. Everyone wants to know how high you might be, and my answer to that question would be not enough. Well, I don't, I don't I'm not a wake and baker. I just want to make it very clear, though. The wake and baking okay. is not my style, man. I, I got to be sharp for the day. Whole yeah. other story at nighttime. Yeah, I said, yeah, okay. Well, then next show will be at nighttime and we'll both come in all toasty. Uh, by the way, so it was awesome. We did Plus Mania too. Cyrus, you're going to like this. All right. Um, guy named JJ Raider brought in like a half a pound of weed for me. And so now he's the official sponsor of the Ganja Jar. The JJ Ganja Jar is how it will be known from now on. Weed is currency, brother. So uh, that's that's as good as cash in my book. Congrats. And let me tell you, uh, you want some currency in your life at your office? Go ahead and order. A mm. whole mess of Ike sandwiches. Ike, our sponsor mm. here. Uh, when's the last time you ate at Ike, Cyrus? 
like a month ago. I love Ike's, man. I love, yeah, I'm a full ardent supporter of it. It would be like a dream come true if my name was ever up there like yours is, brother. Congratulations on that. That is a bad what would be What would be on the Cyrus sandwich? Uh, my, my iteration, so I, I'm all about roast beef. So I think a roast beef, okay. your traditional roast beef sandwich, but I like avocado in my roast beef sandwich. And I'd add okay. some oil and vinegar. I'd add some very sl thinly sliced onions to the mix. It's just a light dash of it. That would, but otherwise your traditional roast beef sandwich. There you go. Beef. So keeping it simple, he's a man of few needs. He knows what he likes. Yes, sir. Uh, Ike has something to fit all likes and needs. Get yourself to Ike's. And by the way, Ike is in the chat room. So maybe you got some juices flowing Ooh. there. Uh, yeah. Happy, it's hump day, but there was a typo. So it's known as humo day over here. Happy humo day, everybody. Um, we also <laughs> want to say... Um, if you're going to make some plays, if you're going to do a little wagering, get yourself over to mybookie.ag and use promo Ooh. code Damon when you sign up at mybookie.ag with promo kid code Damon. What you're going to get is a 50% off deposit match up to $1,000. It's like it's in international water, Cyrus. They got a whole casino in there. You can play blackjack, you can play roulette, oh. you can play slots, and of course, any single sports bet straight up proposition money line whatever you think you want to do you can do it at mybookie.ag mm. and there we go we mm. pause for the sponsors as always anyways people are thrilled to see you in here you got a lot of fans in the room and you know me i i i love you cyrus i'm your fan sir i am your fan sir so thanks it, for me on, no and look it, it's now time to talk about just draymond green because this guy like this dude Okay, he, he puts Gobert in that headlock. And this was at the start of the game. Like the, no one had even scored yet. Correct. He's out there, he's out there running into what would I, you know, was was the the squabble between Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels a, a bit left of normal NBA on court squabbling? Yes, it was. It also did not require anybody to take it straight to launch the warheads, DEFCON 1, but Draymond does not know how to control his temper. That is not an opinion. That is no. a scientific, well-documented fact. And this guy comes in there just looking to Superman, Clay Thompson's Lois Lane, and he is... I'm going to set the over-under on the suspension at four games. You going over or under? Over. I'm going to go uh, – I, I think that – so th adding on to what you said, which is absolutely accurate, is he. this is the second time in three games he's been ejected. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I do want to say this about last night. For, there's a couple things about last night. First of all, the Timberwolves fans have come out of the woodwork, no pun intended. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, there is a whole new level of trolling in every aspect of media that that individuals can participate in. Timberwolves fans have never existed in the social media era. Um, they've literally been hiding in the woods with the wolves, and this—they're a good team now. As I mean, the only other time I can think of where this happened was with KG and and Stephon Marbury, right? And that was what right. twenty years ago. Uh, so th they're out in full force right now. You weren't there for the Wally Zerbiak era? Wally How dare as you? As a third best player. Uh, <laughs> good knowledge. So, uh, so, so, but my point is, is be, be wary, Dub Nation, and be wary media hosts who cover the Warriors because the there's a whole new set of trolls out there and they're angry and they've been thirsting for a voice for 20 years. I felt it on last night's Locked on Warriors. 
take it easy on my co- my co-host Kylan, please, because uh, some of them were nasty, man. So Damon, be be wary. They exist now. Uh, but regarding the Damon, <laughs> I will dunk on all of them. <laughs> they're they're out of full force, out of nowhere. Yes, as someone in your chat said, just like sack. Uh, so going back to Draymond Green, though, I, I don't look. I think he's going to get a ten game suspension and, and maybe even more because. That looked violent as fuck, man. I love I can swear here. That looked violent, man. I mean, I, I, I kid you not, I really believe this. If if Draymond Green wanted to murder Rudy, Rudy Gobert last night, all he had to do was keep squeezing, and it would have been over. That's how like that's how of crazy of a situation it was. I would never in a million years want to be in a Draymond Green headlock, dude. Those arms are scary. Damon, you're old enough like where, where media could easily get into that locker room. And so I tell people this sometimes, like there are certain specimens I've seen without clothes on that I just, I don't know, I don't mean this in a perverted manner. I mean, this is like just an, oh my God, like you would be an, an Olympic God in the days of the, the, the old Olympics. Like, right. like you would be a Greek God. Like the dude is, is a physical specimen. He could kill someone with his hands, no problem. And with those arms, like Rudy Gobert was, I think, literally seeing his life flash before his eyes. You saw his face, dude. That was the part that was just like, like the so so mind-blowing among all that was just Rudy Gobert looked like he was in a precarious situation. Um, so but look, well, he guy, like, he went, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't want to like say, well, it's because he's French and the French, you know, <laughs> surrendering is just in their DNA. White flag. <laughs> but, but he basically just went limp. He <laughs> fell out of the headlock because he just, he limps his whole body and then he's sitting on the court and Draymond's being pulled away <laughs> by security and teammates and all this stuff. Like, to me though i i like i think the i think the fix was in like they knew they knew how to get under draymond's skin mm. because draymond has handed the entire nba i guarantee you that i could get draymond ejected in under 3 minutes in any game i was ever playing against him i would take my least important player off the bench i would start him i would have him hip checking draymond up and down the court just like uh <laughs> Just like uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell had the other night in the Cavs game. So, you know, bump into Draymond, you know, not even excessive, just a little bit more than normal bump. And Draymond's going to act like he just assaulted him and stole his wallet. And he might be (laughs) dumb enough to get run right there. And then if that doesn't work, well, then all you got to do is hip check Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. And look, now... I, I'm a big believer that you defend your teammates, but you don't defend your teammates to the detriment of your team. Yep. And that's where Draymond can't draw the line. He is a, if I can quote Dave Chabelle, a habitual line stepper. It's he 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 doesn't care where the line is. He takes pride in stepping over it. It is part of his DNA, the way that surrender is part of a Frenchman's DNA. <laughs> yeah. Overly combative is part of Draymond's DNA. And look, the quote from Rudy kind of gave the game away in the postgame. I don't know if you saw this, but he said, and this is a quote from Rudy Gobert, every time Steph doesn't play, Draymond doesn't want to play without his guy Steph. So he does anything he can to get ejected. He then called Draymond Green's actions clown behavior multiple times. And I really think that part of the game plan for the Timberwolves is, hey, let's just get this moron run. Like, this whole night gets easier for us if this moron is out too. And he's just dumb enough to take the bait that we dangle in front of him. Yeah. And he takes the bait 
100% of the time. I could get Draymond Green ejected from a basketball game in under three minutes in every game I played against him. And if I were an opposing coach, that would be part of my opening game plan. Let's get Mr. Short Fuse the hell off the court. <laughs> That's what I would I do. Agree. And I saw, that I, quote. I, I saw that Rudy Gobert quote. I mean, it's, it's easy for him to talk that trash afterwards, but... Right, you know, it's it was a little brazen in all honesty. The man literally was about to murder you, and then now you're talking trash to you know. Well, he wasn't about to murder him. Come on, he wasn't. He didn't have that locked in. It wasn't Roddy Roddy Piper. I mean, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fun here, uh, but th no, that was. But you're you're right. The, the Draymond, I think so. I I don't think the NBA is even pretending anymore that they have disdain toward Draymond Green. I I, I think the whole like facade of hey we're gonna treat you equally and fear that's I think that's done. Everyone I, I, who's not a Golden State Warrior fucking hates him. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. The entire league hates him. Every opposing coach hates him. Yep. Adam Silver isn't going to do him any favors. There's no one coming to give Draymond Green the benefit of the doubt. Nope. Not never. And, you know, so these are data points that you should be factoring in, Draymond. Nope. 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 Yeah. nope. Not even going to consider the fact that I've, I'm walking around with a bullseye on my back. He's, and this plays even more so to to Trace Jackson Davis again, like like why he's not getting more like like Draymond Green when when the this roster is constructed, it's constructed with Draymond in mind as your primary big, and you're about to lose him for a certain number of games. He's gotten himself ejected twice in the last three games, so this is a thin roster to begin with with your front court, and this is where I don't understand Trace Jackson Davis getting 11 minutes. Even Dario Saric, who last night scored 21 points, uh, you know, he got 32 minutes. That was the first time he's cracked 30 all season. That should be a consistent thing. My, my point is, I, if Draymond, this is, if this is the Draymond we're getting now, where you're going to lose him for a third of the season every year, which is likely what's going to happen for the rest of his career, uh, you got to start playing your other bigs. I, I don't get it. But, yeah, I do think the NBA is uh, going to levy a substantial punishment um, just because, like you said, it, it, everyone hates him. I, I mean, his is the level of hatred toward Draymond is rivaling Dylan Brooks, which is really crazy if you think about that. Um, but that's where it is. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be 10 plus games. I do. Here's the thing. Case. How much this. different is Draymond than Dylan Brooks, but for the rings? That's a good point. Um, the only yeah. the only response to that is, I'll say, is to, in Draymond's defense, we didn't see this version of Draymond at the beginning of his career when he wasn't. Like, like when the Warriors weren't champions, no one really associated Draymond with what he is now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't think it was until the really the nut punt, the nut kicks that. So he chose this life. Yeah, he chose this life. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely right. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing: he is a defensive mastermind. He changed the way defense is played in basketball. The Agreed. way that the three point shot got changed by his teammate Steph Curry. Agreed. And there aren't many people who can do what Draymond does. But Draymond has such a blind spot in his basketball IQ that I can no longer say this is one of the smartest players of all time. You can't be that smart and do stuff that is so dumb. I mean, monthly. I don't, I'm, I'm just telling you, the next big issue, whatever it's going to be, with the Golden State Warriors will be Draymond's fault. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is, but it'll be Draymond's fault. But I just want to add this real quick because going back to the incident last night is uh, I do feel I do want to defend Draymond a little bit because it, the narrative seems to be that Draymond is the psychopath who put Rudy, Go Rudy Gobert in like a WWE chokehold. And um, but it's easy to gloss over if you look at the visual evidence really closely. And I'm very disappointed 
And this is where I do think the league has it out for Draymond because the video evidence does show that Rudy Gobert instigated that in a lot of ways by grabbing Clay and Chokehold first. Mm-hmm. I mean, the video evidence shows it. There's a lot of photos out Again, there. Again, I think the Timberwolves had a plan. And they actually yeah, so, so Rudy Gobert literally grabbed Clay like this. And there's one video highlight from a different angle. It's from the, 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 the court side that shows it perfectly. It encapsulates exactly what went down and why Dre reacted the way he did. Um, so, so you're right. Rudy could have easily like thought that in his head. All I have to do is just grab Clay in this manner, and it's going to set uh, Draymond Green off. But I mean, but I just want to defend Draymond a little bit because Rudy Gobert did absolutely cross the line, and it's really crazy that he got away with it. Like he, he got a, he got a personal foul for that. Did he even get a personal foul? I think he did get a personal. But that's all you get for putting Clay Thompson in a chokehold yourself, like. That's crazy. Yeah, the, the, the league has it off for Draymond, and that's not a competitive advantage. That's a negative in, in the grand scheme of things. So I'm with you. Yeah, with and you, but look, I, I got a lot of respect for the player that he represents, but the decisions and the circumstances that he puts his team in on a monthly basis with whatever is going on, like the, there are some people who are just straight up drama queens and he is a drama queen of the first degree now it's packaged in this very tough guy defensive first basketball savant package but really Draymond's not half as smart as he claims to be because he keeps on leaving an easy to pull thread dangling off his sweater again I could I could get this guy naked just by pulling on this thread and I can do it in under five minutes. I could get Draymond Green tossed out of any game. First thing I'm going to do is talk about backpacks. Then I'm going to talk about Jordan Poole. Then I'm going to bump him. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to bump his teammate. And the only thing I know for sure is that he's got a short fuse and he can't put it out. Once there is a spark underneath Draymond Green, it's over. Yeah. It's, like, that's it. He's that. That's it. That's it. He is either going to channel his energy for good or for evil. And he chooses evil way too much. Did you see, by the way, the reaction? And this just added to the whole flair of the situation when when he got Gobert in the chokehold, like the way Steve Kerr and Kenny Atkinson were reacting, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like there's an episode of South Park, I think, where a whole episode they did do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like I this, the way they reacted was was gold, man. I mean, I mean, you you could tell that they were like literally frightened for Gobert's life in that situation, except for Bruce Frazier. Bruce Frazier was just sitting there like this, like he was pulling the Ron Adams back when uh, Draymond punched. Uh, Jordan Poole last year, Ron Adams was just like, yeah, just another day in the in the in the park. Seriously, uh, <laughs> Bruce Frazier was just like, yeah, just another day in the park. But My Steve- favorite is the Ron Adams double thigh slap when he's really <laughs> upset. <he's> like, <laughs> yeah, so this is a, a bad situation. Let's really hope uh, whatever the suspension is, uh, you know, I hope it's four games, but I think the NBA is going to uh, make a case out of Draymond in this case, and I think they're just tired of him, man. They're they're. I think Draymond is going to have to look in the mirror and realize that from this point forward, anything you do is going to hurt your team in, in, in terms of emotional reactions. And either you're going to have to let your basketball talk, speak for itself or you're going to hurt your team. I do want to give that three more. years ago. He knew that three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, but now it's like the NBA is not even pretending anymore that they're going to try to be fair. Like it's over. And I do want to add too, though, with Draymond real fast, just going back in terms of historical perspective, in terms of his impact, like the, the whole – downfall of the big right even though there it's it, there is a rejuvenation now it's turning around a little bit if you can shoot the three but the, it's because of Draymond Green like Draymond Green ruined the NBA for like Boogie Cousins for all these players because he is is he was the the representative of small ball being a successful idea like 
You don't have to have a seven footer to win championships. You could have a six, six Swiss army knife who, if he can pass and dribble and he doesn't have to even have to be a good shooter, as long as he can help you out offensively with those facets and he can play defense, you don't need a big. So I always wonder if like other bigs in the NBA, like have resentment toward him for that reason too, that all these millions of dollars have gone poof because of Draymond Green. <laughs> I digress. Um, when this is over for the Warriors, which is maybe this season, maybe mm. next season, maybe, mm. you know, like the, the days of doing anything other than watch shoot, you know, Curry shoot threes are coming. Like that's it. They're about to be a less than competitive team oh. in the next three years. And that's guaranteed, man. Father time is just a, a monster to play against. So all I can tell you is that if Draymond is this uncoachable and out of control now, What's it going to look like in year four of this four-year, $100 million contract? I mean, this is a, a a player option in the 26-27 season that I can already feel him exercising because he might be uh, just, I again, everyone's going to get older. What happens when Draymond Green is officially that older and losing his skill set and all he is is a representative of a flagrant foul about to happen I, you know, it, are we ready for just goon Draymond? Can you start and play goon Draymond? I, well, are we ready to have the discussion for like what the future is going to hold? I mean, that's a whole other, uh, you know, a whole other road we can go down. I mean, because, because when you, when you discuss that, when you're talking about Draymond at 37 and how the hell that's going to even look, um, that makes me think about the fact that Steve Kerr is on a, isn't, is, he's a lame duck coach. I mean, that's, that's glossed over a lot. Uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. this last offseason, one minute was like, we're working on an extension. It's going to come soon. Next minute, uh, there's no rush on that. We'll see what happens. There is a reason. Very, and you think this is his last year? You think this is Kerr's last year? If the Warrior look, Joe Lacob last year had a choice between Bob Myers and Steve Kerr. That's, that is what it came down to. For the first time in this, this organization's history, there was a fissure in terms of vision. Those two players, those two leaders were on the exact same page until a year ago. And then Steve Kerr wanted you know, the direction that he's looking at, which is preserve the veterans. My style works. Bob Myers is looking at it. Like you're going to need bigs. The NBA is changing. The average height of an NBA player is six, seven going on six, eight. It might even be six, eight. Now I haven't looked at that set in a little while and you're going to need some size and Kerr one. And I know Bob Myers joked a couple weeks ago on NBA countdown that the clay Thompson thing was, was part of the reason why he left. I don't even know if he was joking. I mean, I think, I think, I think Bob was burned out. He also knew that the right time to get off the Titanic was before it started officially yes. sinking. He also had a myriad of options. We're seeing what he's doing right now. Like right. Bob can duck out and then dip back into the NBA at a level of president in any organization. They'd all hire him if uh, allowed to. So I think Bob just exercised an abundance of caution and said, it's the right time for me yeah. to go. Plus, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't extend Clay Thompson. Well, yeah, Plus, I don't want to be that guy. Well, I, look I, at what's going on now. I mean, how could you blame him? I mean, I th he picked a great time to get to, to bounce, man. And, and he, by the way, I really like what he's contributing on NBA Countdown. He brings this very cerebral, like almost professor level kind of a voice to the discussion. People stop and listen when he talks. It's, it's kind of fascinating. But I bring that up because Steve Kerr's in a lame duck season. Joe Lacob has made public references repeatedly 
that they're following Steve Kerr's vision. Like this, like 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 what whatever the front front office decision. Well, isn't is Kerr's kid like the the G League? Yes. No, I mean that's the thing. So I don't think they're going anywhere, man. He's got his the, the La Familia Kerr. He's got. But his that's a, but look, that can, that's I don't think that's going to be a reason for Kerr having like power or leverage. Like they could just blow Nick out or keep him, right? I mean, I mean Don Nelson left the Mavericks. His son, his son stayed there another five years. So who knows? I mean, it, I don't know if that's going to play much of a factor, but. I do think because because Joel Lacob is all about championships. He's got that Eddie D mentality. I love it. I don't think he has the patience to see what happens with Steve Kerr the next two three years. Like like I, I really do believe he's a lame duck coach because if the Warriors finish this season, let's say as a five hundred team who is a playing team at best, but whatever. If we're looking at worst case scenario, I don't think Steve Kerr comes back. I don't. I, I think Joel Lacob will look at this and say it's time for a rebuild. We still have Stephen Curry to build around. We have some fascinating young pieces, but I mean, are they going to resign Clay Thompson? I so, mean, it's- so so Steph Curry walks into Joe Lacob's office and says, "I don't want to play for anyone other than Kerr." Now what? Oh well, that I mean, if that happens, that's a whole other discussion. I don't think Steph would do that. Do you think he would do that? Yeah, I, I think he's that loyal. I think, I think the two of them go out together. I think wow. Steve will coach Steph. I think Steph will ride out his career in Golden State. He's going to pull the full Kobe Bryant didn't play for another team, and that never putting on another uniform at this point in Steph's career is more valuable to him than reaching an NBA Finals in a different uniform. Like, I really just think for the legacy, for the brand, um, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, and I don't think Kerr will go anywhere until until Steph is done. And the thing that is Kerr backing away from just the world of basketball, he basically said... This is it for me in the Olympics. Like, I'm not doing this another run with the U.S. Nationals team. Mm -hmm. And he can just come back and concentrate and focus on the Warriors. And again, Lacob has basically flipped him the keys to the Ferrari. If I'm Kerr, I'm not flipping those back. Not yet. I. But but again, it's not up to Kerr. I mean, if Joe Lacob is... Here's the thing. Joe Lacob has proven that um, he will go his own way. Like, to put it in perspective, when Stephen Curry's contract contract extension was being negotiated... Um, and Lakeup can be a little shrewd in this regard. Like Lakeup was not budging initially on giving Curry the fifth year, which is asinine. I mean, Stephen right. Curry, it was it's a no-brainer that when his contract extension was up, five year max, what are we doing here? Even having a discussion. No, Joe Lakeup was like, how about we do four years? And and we'll figure out that fifth year later. Cause he knew Steph was gonna be 38 in the final year. And Steph was like, What the hell are you doing? And Joe Lakeup quickly, you know, uh, uh, backed down. But I, I really think that Joe Lacob cares first and foremost about championships. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, we're going to find out unless you don't have an inside source that's telling you Kerr is that secure in his job where no matter what happens, he's going to be there for the next three, four years. I'm hearing that narrative a lot, but I think there's a reason why he does not have a contract extension. I mean, there. I mean, I don't know what why else other than like Joe Lacob's looking at this going, I want to see what happens this year, Steve. Like, I want to see what happens with you in complete control over this. Like, Mike Dunleavy Jr. is working for Kerr. I mean, all of these decisions are made with Kerr's blessing at this point. Um, so if, it's, if, if the end result is a failure, if the end result is watching Steve Kerr be beholden to veterans who are past their prime over young players who might contribute now, I don't I don't know if Joe Lacob's going to sit there and go, yeah, we'll just keep doing it your way, Steve. And I think there's going to be a conversation with Steph where we're going – Steph, we'll find another coach that you like, but we got to change something here because this isn't working. And then you're right. If Steph, if it comes to the point where Steph is pulls like a Michael Jordan approach, because Michael Jordan did say that, like, I'm not going to play for anyone else besides Phil Jackson. If Stephen Curry goes to that level, 
who knows? That could be a whole other discussion. I mean, in other, in other words, if Stephen Curry holds the franchise hostage, yes, you, Stephen Curry might win at that point. But if it, if it doesn't get to that extreme, I do think this is a, this is a make or break year for Steve Kerr because I, I don't know how you can keep rolling with them if the team finishes 500. He said last year they still have one more title in them. He said repeatedly, time and time and again, he wants to run it back because he, he saw with the Chicago Bulls when they were tapped, when they were done. He doesn't see that finish line with his team. Well, I see a finish line with Clay. I see Draymond's finish line already here if it's not awfully close. So, I, you know, that's that's a that's a fundamental difference, you know, in, in terms of opinion versus reality. And I don't know. I'm fascinated to see what happens. But I think if the Warriors disappointingly finish as a 500 team this year, I don't know if he comes back, man. I'm curious to see what happens. You know what really pisses me off about these last two two losses, I think, more than anything else? They out-rebounded the Timberwolves in yeah. both games. Like, how the hell does that happen? And why is it that now, beyond any other time, is scoring so difficult for anyone not named Steph Curry? Like, isn't Chris Paul's presence supposed to alleviate that? Isn't Andrew Wiggins being 28 years old and in the prime of his career supposed to alleviate that? And yes. that's not happening. That's a concern. We did get a hell of a game out of Pajemski. I hope that that means more minutes. Yes. I would I would think that the next time you are down manpower, putting in a rookie who has fundamental footwork and is always in the right place on the court should get Trace Jackson Davis a little bit more time than he's gotten. And if you're not going to go with these guys, what trade are you working on? You know, <laughs> what are you what are you doing? What are you what are you working on? What package are you putting together with either Kaminga, Moody, Pajemski, Trace Jackson Davis, maybe even like I don't know if Andrew Wiggins is even tradable at this point. He's that bad. No, he's not. Um he's not. Uh, you know, what is the what's plan B? If this is plan A, what is plan B? I don't think that there is a oh, you packaged all this together and brought in Zach Levine coming down the pipe. Like I no. I, I, I don't think that that's happening. So no. My, my my guess is if I guess so I, I don't know if I'm if I'm, if I'm following you correctly are you basically asking like what happens if this is what we see in January like are, are they just going to keep doing this or if there's going to be a trade would you right. agree that Chris Paul would be the trade asset though I know he's blended in like you know like with the, yeah. with the as you mentioned the the, the what did you say where beige and blend the beige blend which he has man I mean you 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 eloquently put that dude like we're not talking about him and that's a good thing for Chris Paul's sake he's blended in. But I also think he's the most uh, obvious trade asset just because he has that $30 million uh, uh, expiring. Um, he doesn't have an emotional connection here. It's just the easiest you know, court cut among all the players. He also brings the most value. The Warriors do have assets. That is the good news. Like If, the, if they do believe that they can still win one more with this current squad, but it just, it's just going to take a trade uh, to get another scorer, um, they have first-round picks. They have second-round picks. You see all these other teams like the Clippers, Lakers, just – making all these deals, right? Like the Bucks to, to get the players that they want uh, to get that last piece. The Warriors have the assets. It's just up to them if they, if they think that they have one more run in them. And if they do, you know, like I agree, Zach Levine is definitely not the answer. Um, that would not be the way to go. But I, that's a whole other discussion. I feel like there's a landscape there. Pascal Siakam is the player that I think would be perfect. But the Raptors are so shrewd in terms of any trade discussion that I don't think the Warriors have enough to give them for Pascal Siakam type. Let me ask you this, Damon. This is this is what I've been telling people on Locked On Warriors because I'm hearing a lot of discussion about the team, you know, Stephen Curry needing help, right? Like they need like the second score uh, to make life easier for them. The Warriors are currently in the middle of the pack offensively. Like they're not an awful offensive team. In fact, right. I think they, they came into last night's game, 
I think eighth or ninth in points total points per game. And I was looking at the, like the history of the NBA in terms of champions, other teams have done it with a model where you have like the superstar and then you surround them with, you know, like a lot of above average, maybe borderline all-star players who aren't quite all-stars. Like you, know, you look at the Raptors in 2019, like Kawhi Leonard was surrounded by, you know, Pascal Siakams and those types of players. And they want to chip. You look at the Chicago Bulls, right? Like the second leading scorer on the Bulls, those Bulls teams <clears throat> was Scotty Pippen. You only average 20 plus points per game in three of those six title runs. You look at the Rockets with Akeem Olajuwon. Who did, who did Akeem have around him like to get offense, right? That was a great defensive team. Um, you look at the 2011 Mavericks, right? You had Dirk Nowitzki surrounded by a lot of tremendous supporting cast players, ranging from Jason Kidd to Sean Marion. I mean, there, there are examples out there of teams that have done it. A lot of those Spurs teams, they never had really like lethal scoring. So I get my point is I think this Warriors team, if they if they focus a lot more on defense and then let Steph do, do, do his thing, I do think they can pull it off. Like I do think they have the talent, but it's just going to take playing the right players, man. I mean, Wiggins cannot get away with what he's doing. Like Clay Thompson is a negative at this point, not a positive. I mean, every measurable is showing that. So I think if they make the right decisions, I think Kerr has the personnel is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think they they have long athletic type players like Gary Payne, the second can, can literally affect games by himself. Like I do not understand, for example, why Gary Payne, the second basically was not shadowing Anthony Edwards for both these games. Like would right. that, wouldn't, wouldn't that make the most logical sense? Like just say, Gary, Gary, Anthony Edwards is your guy. That's your, that's your project tonight. Go have fun. Like we're not seeing that level of ingenuity from Kerr. And I guess that's my biggest complaint. But I do think the personnel is there. Might need a tweak, but history's shown Steph can do it with a solid supporting cast. I don't know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I don't know. What do you? What do no, you look, I, I, I agree. But uh, you know, you're just you're asking for you know now. Number one, Steph can't ever have another MRI. Like that's the year that that you're needing at True. this point in True. in his career. He needs more help. The fastest way to get bounced in the postseason is to burn Steph out. Just trying to get there in the regular season. Um, you know that that seven game series they might have beaten the Kings, but that that seven game series took the stuffing uh-huh. right out of the Warriors. There's no doubt, and um, I just think that Steph is too deep into his career to be the all right. You you be a magician every single night, and everyone That's else fair. is going to be a role player. Like you've got that- guys who are supposed to be better than that, who are underperforming right now, and that needs to change. And if Kerr doesn't start pulling other levers. Yeah. He is asking for the season to go off the rails. He for the there are times when Steve had Anthony Lamb. So good luck with that. You know, there was really nowhere to go. Now he's got options. Yes. I think that Pajemski revealed that. I think Trace given more time will reveal that and Kaminga and Moody are revealing that. And then Dario Saric again, if Saric's 3 is falling, he can be on the court. If his three isn't falling, maybe throw in Trace Jackson Davis yes. or go get Garuba from the G, the G hey. League to bring up another guy who us. isn't 6'5". Look, Look at us. We both just said who's going Garuba at the exact same time. Look Garuba. at us. Garuba. It's, it's, I, I 100% agree with you, man. Like I, There are players. Like I'm looking at this roster right now, for example. <clears throat> I played like an over-under game the other night with a guest in terms of each individual's minutes on the team and whether or not they, they should be over that amount and under – and, 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 like, there are a lot of players where, like, the over should be applied. I'm looking at Brandon Pajemski. Brandon, Brandon Pajemski needs to be a regular in this rotation. I'm talking, like, legitimately, 20 minutes a night. 
Like I'm looking at Kaminga, 20 minutes a night. Gary Payne the second, 25 minutes a night. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, 20 minutes a night. Moses Moody, 25 minutes a night. Uh, what about Lester Quinones, who actually looked damn good in the preseason? Dude can run an offense. Let's see what he can do. Because all of these young athletic players, who knows? Like We just saw Brandon Pajemski drop 23 points in 38 minutes. Why not see what these other players have to offer, right? If you're going to be a 500 team, what do you have to lose experimenting a little bit, especially when these players are showing you that they can actually play? Uh, I saw someone in the chat mention, by the way, Oscar Thompson. Absolutely love him. The Golden State Warriors also absolutely love him. They were uh, trying to trade for him until his value skyrocketed in the draft and it became unreachable. Um, the Pistons will not trade him, just to answer that person in the chat. But I would love Oscar Thompson, but unfortunately the Pistons do love him and won't trade him. But I think that t- I, I just would like to see some experimentation out there. I, I guess let's just rule out who can play and who cannot play. I, I, and you and I are on the same page, clearly. Like Wiggins, man, like, like 20, what did he get, 27 minutes last night and change? That has to drop, dude. Right, like, and, it, and here's the thing. These guys aren't starting pitchers. It's not like once you take them out, he can't go back in. Exactly. Short leash. If I see Andrew Wiggins shoot a three before he goes to the rim, I sit him down. Exactly. That's that's just the way I would do it if I were Steve Kerr. Cyrus, I hope that we would talk about 20 minutes about the Warriors today. We have gone a full hour of showtime. (laughs) It was fun. Just rolling and rolling. It was fun. It was easy. Let's do it again soon. You You need me on Locked On. You let me know. You're coming on. Yeah, no, no. We'll do that. We'll do it. We we, we screwed up twice with scheduling. We're going to make that right. Uh, You will come on soon if if we we can have you. Plug away. Um, Plug, Plug away. Tell everyone where to find you. Oh, just Locked On Warriors, man. Find us. Subscribe, please. And then I'm one of the, uh, oh, but, uh, for Irwin in the chat, uh, my, my English Bulldog Bubba is not by me right now. He's sleeping. He sleeps about until about two each afternoon. Uh, and then he gets up and then we go for a walk. Um, but uh, Locked On Warriors. And then I'm one of the only people on threads. Damon, I hope to see you there. Man, that is a, that, that's actually a, a much less toxic social media platform. I'm having fun, dude. NBA Threads is a real thing now. Um, you can hide the replies. That's my favorite feature of that thing. So if you have trolls... All you have to do is just go dink, and their their replies are gone. No one else can see them. It's it's a really cool feature, man. You can just make them go poof. So it's a much less toxic environment. So follow me there at Dog Wild. Damon, thank you, brother. It's always a pleasure. I'll come on anytime you ask me. I will never say no. So you see, I I like toxic environments. (laughs) I thrive in them. Great to see you, Cyrus. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, Have yourself a great day. You too, man. Love you, dude. There he is, Cyrus. Satsis, ladies and gentlemen, Locked On Warriors. I've known that guy for a really, really long time. It's great to bring him in. And look, you know, he, he's saying some things that, you know, he's like, Damon, I think you might find this controversial. I, don't, I didn't find what he had to say controversial at all. It's time for the Warriors to realize that they're not who they used to be. And that is a negative in a lot of ways, but it's also a positive in a lot of ways. You know, the team that put up the bumper sticker, strength in numbers, kind of has that working for them again. So use those numbers. More Gary Payton II, more Moody, more Kaminga, more Trace Jackson Davis, and after last night, more Brandon Pajemski. And I would start Brandon Pajemski at small forward before I were comfortable with Andrew Wiggins being in control of any big moment because he's just, I hate passivity. I hate the passive. I hate the wallflower. You know, not everyone needs to be a big personality, but have some personality. 
And Andrew Wiggins' personality right now is detached and sulking and underperforming. And for his level of physical gifts and talent, it makes me detest him playing. Like, nothing pisses me off more than someone who can, who decides not to. Andrew Wiggins, every 20 minutes or so, does something that makes you go, oh my God, do that again, do more of that. And then he'll wait another 20 minutes of real time, including TV timeouts and commercials. And now, oh, there's Andrew Wiggins doing something. But then there was the 19 minutes where he didn't do jack. You can talk about he was dialed in defensively last night. He also let the cannot leave Connolly open for a 3-3 go down. And that's when the Warriors, who get a lot of credit for being in that game, officially exited that game. The fact that they were in that game with the ejections is something else. And and leave it to the guys who aren't Draymond to know how to calm down. And Draymond either is going to learn that and become a better player, or he will be a constant source of whatever I put on the table, I will take off at any moment. And he's just too deep into his career for this bullshit to still be defining him. Which leads to the conclusion like you must be an idiot dude like you must be an idiot you you know there there's ways to behave at work you're at work act like you're at work every team needs a junkyard dog but you cannot be the off the leash junkyard dog at any and all moments as you see fit and the fact that rudy gobert said i knew We could get him ejected tonight because he doesn't want to be in here without Steph. Like, dude, that's the most embarrassing thing about you, Draymond. Rudy Gobert has you on that one. He has you. You tap out the minute it's the right thing to do, and we've seen plenty of examples of that. It was a great interview with Cyrus. Got to have him back. Man, I can see that the... uh, the, the good old chat line is flying. A lot of assumptions about who's high this morning, who might not be high, who's still high from last night. Go ahead. Throw it all around. No one's going to be offended over here. Not amongst friends. We got the biggest four-game stretch of the entire year coming up from the 49ers, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow as we start circling in on a team that everyone just kind of wants to leap over to get to the real important stuff. Seattle, Eagles, Seattle. Well, there's a Buccaneers team that deserves the 49ers full attention because if you wanted to really screw up this four-game set, lose to the Buccaneers at home. Let that trap game trap you and lose at home. Because if you beat the Buccaneers, look, 3-1 and one in this four-game stretch is out there. 4-0 and oh is you know technically out there too, but Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle, that's one or two losses right there. That just has to be. It has to be. Probably is going to be. Pete Carroll is a thorn in the side of this franchise. Whether he's got a good team or not, he is always giving the old Niners the old what for. Now I know that the Niners swept them last year. And got him in the postseason wild card game as well. I would not be surprised to see Seattle split with the Niners this year, unless this really was a moment in Jacksonville where the whole team is just feeling themselves again and they really go on a roll here 
And if, I'm telling you, if they win the next four games in a row, holy shit, you know, that's, that's serving notice to the NFL in a demonstrative way. So we'll see if that's what happens. And look, it's the biggest 28-game stretch that Kyle's really faced in his career because he's got this season and next season to win a Super Bowl as this team is constructed. So it's got to be now or never. This is a 28-day stretch. These four games will happen in the next 28 days, and it's a monster for Kyle and the Niners. Um, Some NFL news from this morning, by the way. The Cleveland Browns are not going to be able to just rub away this Deshaun Watson problem. He has a broken collarbone, surgery, and he will be out the rest of the year. This is a huge blow to a Cleveland team that started to look like it was about to round that corner, and what do you know? They got a starting quarterback who can get the job done. They got this nasty defense. Look out for the Browns. Maybe not now. Maybe not now. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring about and, and up today before we hopped into Club Plus, and I can already feel the hashtag FJF coming, because this is about John Fisher, who told a group of three protesting fans at the owners' meeting in Texas that his patience, <coughs> excuse me, that his patience has run out. Oh, is that is that? And he actually said. It's been a lot worse for me than you. He said that to these three protesters who actually got a little FaceTime with John Fisher. Like, can you go fuck all the way off, John Fisher? You have a $57 million payroll and a business model that was designed to kill your fans and disappoint them at every single turn. Every single thing John Fisher represented wasn't, I'm trying hard. He is literally the poster child for doing the least amount possible. There are receipts passed on from Oakland City Council members with letters dated back to 2018, how the warrior, excuse me, the the, the city of Oakland wanted to work hand in hand with the A's, either at the Coliseum site or at Howard Terminal. Let's get this done. And the whole point is, is John It's your team, dickhead. You're the billionaire. You've got the, I don't even need to see the bill level of money who could have at any point in time in these last 18 years built a stadium at the Coliseum. It was about to happen at the Howard Terminal, which was set up, I think, to be a poison pill. And the minute that that actually looked like it was about to happen, that's when Fisher was like, no, no, we're out. We're going to Vegas. The 30 owners are going to vote on relocation on Thursday. And I guess the only real question is, is is this going to be unanimous or not? And that sucks. These other owners, can't a group of them get together and be like, Vegas is too valuable to give it to this moron. Las Vegas, this is your final warning on John Fisher. This is your final warning. Because you would... 100% be in line for an expansion team. 100%. It's not even something you need to think about or worry about. You're 100% in line for an expansion team. Stay out of the John Fisher business. He will only ruin that major league market in the same way he ruined his current major league market. 
Everything he touches turns to shit. All of it. All of the time, in every business practice or instance in his life. He is a completely untrustworthy, unaccounted for, total failure of a businessman who would be changing oil pans at Jiffy Lube, but for the fact he inherited his father, his daddy's empire. There is no self-made man. There is no brilliant businessman lurking within John Fisher in any way, shape, or form. There is no reason to think that that guy is going to go and do right by the next town he gets into, and every single element of the A's plan to move to Vegas is sketchy at best. Sketchy at best, and no one in Vegas wants him there. No one, except for a couple bought-off and paid-for politicians. So, fuck you, John Fisher. I don't know if we actually ever posted an official sip of the day, but Irwin, if you're still out there and watching and listening, I'm I'm in the Andy's Town Coffee again. It's fantastic. Like, it's really good. It's really good. I'm the kind of guy who, once he finds something he likes, it almost becomes a, a little bit of a crutch. Like, I go to a, a restaurant, I like an entree, I'll order it. 10 times in a row before I get something different. Again, I got my preferred cocktail, I got my preferred coffee brand, and I very, very rarely deviate from what I like. I like this. We got another option here, Erwin. Thank you. All right. That was a good, juicy show. Cyrus and I just got rolling. By the way, our subscriber count is rolling. Yesterday just happened to be, I think, the third or fourth most consumed day in the history of this channel. We are now five sub subscribers away from 9,100. We just crossed the 9,000 threshold. So it's continuing to tick onward and upward. Thanks again to Matt Mayoko uh, for joining me yesterday. Thanks to Cyrus Satsis of Locked On Warriors for joining me today. Thanks to all of you who keep on downloading this podcast and listening. It means an awful lot. And thanks to Dr. Paul Hughes, by the way, who put some injections in my knee. I got the Kobe Bryant treatment going on. A little sore today, but that's all going to go away. And apparently I'm going to have the knees of a of a 15-year-old a girl. Fresh knees. Coming up soon. So uh, this 48-year-old man could use some fresh knees. Um, so let's go. Hopefully these knees get all kinds of fresh, and I'm awfully happy to welcome Dr. Paul Hughes into the circle of sponsorships. He is going to be sponsoring Post Game and Damon for the rest of the year. So I'm very excited about that. I thank him so much for the way he handled things yesterday. And I am going to show you... Um, him shooting up my knees with like my own fat cells. I took a video. I didn't load it today. I'll wait for a Friday, I think, before I show you that one. So if you're squeamish around needles, you might not want to see it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We're about to hop into Club Plus and spend a little more time hanging out there. So if you're listening on the podcast and you're like, what is this Club Plus thing I always hear about? Well, you need to 
when you get home and you're done listening to the podcast, throw on YouTube, and when you see Disco Face Damon and, and lights coming on, you'll know that you're in Club Plus. It's very easy to identify. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.